0: It's Thursday, February 10th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, from Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool Special Ops, Tom Jacobs. Guys, good to see you. Hey, Chris. On today's show, we've got Twitter's valuation, Mr. Big's reverse split, and Activision's problems. But we will kick things off with Whole Foods. Charlie, I'll start with you. Shares up sharply today after the company reported strong earnings and raised its outlook for the year What's going on with Whole Foods?
1: Oh, like you say, Chris, uh, the stock's up 13%, so that has to make uh, Whole Foods shareholders a little bit happy. I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so what I'm seeing is basically as we go through this earnings season, is that companies like Whole Foods that cater to affluent Americans are doing quite well. And a case in point related to Whole Foods, I was in there a few weeks ago uh, looking for my breakfast beers, and I was looking, and uh,
2: <laughs> they were beers? selling a uh,
1: a beer called Bell's Hop Slam, which ran about twenty bucks a six pack. And the guy stocking the shelves told me that they were selling these by the case, and they couldn't even keep them around. So you know, the well-to-do Americans uh, coming into Whole Foods are clearly open up their checkbooks, and the company is benefiting a lot. Uh, Same-store sales for Whole Foods was up 9%, and they raised their guidance for uh, the fiscal year. Jason, yeah. what do you think?
2: I I've been to Whole Foods a few times, and I mean I don't normally shop there, but I'm always impressed when I go there. I mean it's it's oh well, no, there's a data point, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everybody, you understand? They've really <laughs> nailed the principle of charging a higher price for something, and people will like it more. Yeah, they get away with it. I mean that's you get steaks, birthday cakes, all that kind of good stuff, and and you know beer, as you mentioned. I mean, so is there anything it can't do? But uh, uh, the one thing I I've always kind of wondered is that they they do seem to have competition at least in some form in, in stores like Trader Joe's. And even the fresh market, which just went public. And, you know, I'd done some research uh, not long ago on on stores like that. And Trader Joe's, it surprised me, has actually doubled the sales per square foot that, that Whole Foods does. But granted, those stores are considerably smaller than Whole Foods.
1: Right. You're absolutely right. And I, I, I'm a partial to Trader Joe's myself. But three things I do like out of Whole Foods, besides their uh, fine meat and beverage selection, <laughs> is that uh, the company is doing three things very correctly right now. Uh, They're aggressively paying down their debt. They've paid down $300 million. They have less than $200 million in debt on the balance sheet. Uh, they are... Uh, growing at a very slow and measured pace out of their cash flow. So they're you know they're not borrowing any more money, not issuing equity. And then on top of that, my favorite is they reinstated their dividend in December. And for a company that's coming into a more mature um, life cycle, I really like to see uh, the dividend. The 0.6% yield isn't going to make anybody rich right now. But with a company like this, I
0: think you should expect dividend increases in the future. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Twitter has held discussions with potential suitors, including Facebook and Google. Those discussions value Twitter somewhere in the range of eight to ten billion dollars. Uh, so, Jason, uh, according to the report, Twitter's revenue last year was forty-five million dollars. So, uh, mm-hmm. how's, how's that valuation of eight to ten billion look to you? It seems kind of high. I mean, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> is that a gross understatement? It, you know, here here's the deal.
2: So they look. Going forward, they they see possibly you know in the neighborhood of one hundred one hundred fifty million dollars of revenues generated this this coming year. You know, with those numbers, that still implies uh, a hefty tag of eighty times uh, eighty times sales, which is is still really high. To put that in context, you look at companies like Google and Apple with with those price to sales ratios of six and under. You try to figure out where exactly are they coming up with that rich multiple for for Twitter. The thing is. You know, with this talk of it of of acquisition between Facebook and Google, uh, Tom and I were talking about this a minute ago. And Twitter is really a complementary service to companies like Facebook. Now, I will freely admit that I do not Facebook, uh, but I do tweet. Hey, that makes no. That makes two of us. I'm not on Facebook, right? Nor am I. I, I Just (laughs) all right. I five. But, uh, you know, I do, I do use Twitter, uh, for work purposes, and I find it to be a genuinely, uh, a rich source of, of, real-time data and news, so it's, it's helpful. But, it, it, I don't see as, as a standalone business how it can possibly demand eight, eight to ten billion dollars, but, but well, with an acquisition by I'll,
1: Facebook. I'll tell you how, Jason, and it's called Price to Shenanigans. <laughs> If we're going <laughs> to re- reminisce about dot-com-era valuations, um, you know, I had some valuable investing lessons from those days permanently seared into my brain. <laughs> nice. and, I'm, and what we're seeing today is people forgot. It's like the kid who sticks his hand on the stove and then does it a second time. <laughs> uh, I, I sketched out some numbers, and with 25 billion tweets last year, Twitter is priced at
2: 40 cents per tweet right now. <laughs> Ooh. I, I don't think that makes any sense. No, none at all. Now, on the flip side there, you know, you, you make a point there with the number of tweets. They, they have 200 million, I th- 200 million active accounts, about 200 million active accounts. And I think that as time goes on, as the younger generation comes into play here, we're going to obviously see that number go up. And I mean, a point in case here, I have two daughters, six and four. And at some point in time, I know that they're going to be tweeting, they're going to be Facebooking, all that good stuff. So, I think that you'll see those, the, the number of those accounts grow over time. And, and acquisition by a company like Facebook, I think, at least gives it a chance to unlock value in the company. Now, whether it's $8 billion or not, that's going to be anyone's guess on how they can monetize this. I don't know that they're going to be able to do that, but, but if you look at it from that perspective, it at least makes a little bit more sense.
0: Tom Jacobs, uh, does this make you reminisce about the, the good old days of the dot-com bubble, pets.com and that sort of thing? You would not be referring to my
3: advanced age. No. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no. Well, I like my particular style of investing is I like to buy things I can see, feel, and touch. And Twitter is an ethereal concept. I'm sure it's great and the network effects and all those lovely things that that, you know, we like to talk about with a lot of companies that in retrospect have done really well. But if I can't see it, touch it, hold on to it. Uh, it's just impossible for me to know what its price-to-dream ratio is. Charlie, you get the final word on Twitter. Sure.
1: Uh, speaking of companies that produce things you can see and touch... Ah, to uh, uh, here we go. One up. One up. <laughs> to put the uh, 8 to $10 billion valuation in context, here's four companies uh, that are valued about the same right now that you may have heard of. Southwest Airlines, Harley-Davidson... Molson Coors Brewery, and Dr. Pepper Snapple. Are are we to believe Twitter is just as valuable as those four well-known brands? You're saying you'd rather
0: own one of them than one Twitter?
3: Absolutely. (laughs) Or one tweet. (laughs) Yes.
0: All right, guys, we've got an unusual reverse stock split in the news. So typically, when we look at reverse stock splits, it's a company that's trying to get back on Wall Street's radar. Uh, This time, the company in question is Biglari Holdings, which is the parent company of Steak & Shake. The board has approved a one-for-15 reverse stock split. Tom Jacobs, this is a stock you've recommended. Uh, The shares are trading around $435 a share. Post-split, that's going to be about $6,500 a share. Why the reverse split? Yeah, it seems crazy. You know, most companies
3: really want you to own their shares. By the way, we're up 40% on our investment in this. <laughs> uh, not that I'm, you know, bragging or anything. No, shameless uh, Shameless sub I've got some we're down on. But uh, anyway, uh, but this is really an effort to reduce the shareholder base. So if you take all these shares and you condense them, and then you make them cost $6,500, fewer people can afford it. He's pulling a Buffett. You want to know why? Well, of course you do. Of course. <laughs> of course. Berkshire Hathaway has two... Wait, op- who he? Oh, excuse me. Mr. Mr. Bi- Mr. Big Larry. Mr. Sardar Big Larry. Right. Yeah. Okay. The eponymous... Big Larry. He has uh, – just as Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway has two classes of shares, one that costs $100,000 or more mm-hmm. and then the other one that costs some number less than that. Yeah, it's like eighty-five. Yeah, Thank you very shares, much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This is what Big Larry would like to do. He'd like to have one class that has super voting rights, that's made up of really committed owners and you've got to really pony up the dough. And then he's going to let the rest of us in the proletariat own that – Cheaper shares,
0: <laughs> Charlie. What did you think?
3: Uh, as as far as me, I'm from St. Louis, which is one of
1: Steak and Shake's uh, strongholds, <laughs> and I, I'm re- very partial to their bowl of chili with the cherry coke. Now, when it comes to, <laughs> oh, I can feel a heartburn. When it when it comes to the company itself, I, I I'm really nervous about Mister Big Larry. Uh, he seems to have a dangerous combination of ego and greed, and I think this reverse split is it's a way of pushing smaller shareholders out of the company to consolidate his power in this giant I-want-to-get-rich ego land grab. Oh, man. Tom Jacobs' response? You know,
3: it's sort of like nobody remembers that Warren Buffett was once a controversial figure. I mean, it's like he's always been, you know, the <laughs> lovely grandfather espousing wonderful bon mo and making everybody Reading your money. kid a book and picking his pocket. <laughs> but people forget that he was reviled when he closed down Berkshire Hathaway, the, uh, the textile company, uh, because he didn't want Invest any more capital in losing enterprise in, in Massachusetts, they were probably burning him in effigy uh, when, when he did union busting at Buffalo News. You know this is a guy that that had to really make his reputation and he was tough sometimes and I think what 's happening with big larry look he 's got a proven record of of returns on capital he 's young he 's new, of course people are. Uh, uh, skeptical. And Charlie is right to be skeptical. I don't blame him for missing out on the gains that we've had. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and finally, Activision Blizzard needs a new hero. Shares were down sharply on heavy volume today after the company forecast that 2011 sales would fall short of analyst estimates. <laughs> The company also said that it will discontinue its Guitar Hero game because of lackluster sales. Uh, Charlie, Activision still has some big hits. World of Warcraft, Call of Duty. What was your take on this latest news? Yeah, it's uh, one more kick in the teeth for long-suffering shareholders
1: here. This stock's gone nowhere for four years. No, <laughs> Charlie. Do you own it? <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, we own it in MDP. I uh, do not own it personally. Um, the stock is down 10% today. And as you said, Chris, uh, killing off... Guitar Hero and their skateboarding franchises. Uh, they kind of floated an idea of running a Miley Cyrus tattoo parlor that didn't really catch any traction. Um,
3: so <laughs> oh, I'd be first in line. <laughs>
1: Uh, So the big deal here is that they guided revenue down for the year by $500 million. Wow. Now, at a glance, that sounds really bad. However, what they were cutting is low to no margin. So there's actually no earnings impact from that revenue decline. And what might have spooked people even more was that they're pushing out the very profitable Blizzard games like uh, Diablo 3 or a second StarCraft game into next year. Um, That's actually not a bad thing. Blizzard is very well known for its quality and delaying games instead of putting out a crappy product, and that's why when they do come out, they sell so well.
0: So, are they setting themselves up for sort of a, a bad 2011 and potentially a better than expected 2012?
1: I think they're totally sandbagging for 2011, and <laughs> 2012 is
2: going to just knock it out of the park. Well, yeah, I was going to say I like it. I mean, they're conservative. I'd rather them underpromise and overdeliver.
3: Sounds like cost cutting uh, and smartly done.
2: Yeah. So this is a company with
1: three and a half billion dollars in cash. They're going to buy back a billion and a half of stock, and they just raised their dividend uh, after introducing it next year for a video game company to pay a dividend. That's a pretty
3: special thing. And
1: I like the company a lot at this price. Tom?
3: For a hard asset, you know, touchy, see what I see, see, touch what I feel kind of investor that I am, you've got me very interested in this stock.
2: And, Charlie, you said something key there. You said for a video game company, which, you know... I've I've made the argument here for a, for a time now. I I personally own shares of Activision, so I mean I've you know sat here and kind of watched the the stock price go nowhere as well, but I think that the market looks at this solely as a video game company and in in my view I mean I think that Activision Blizzard is a company they are more an entertainment company. I think they're becoming an entertainment company and the market maybe isn't looking far enough forward, but you know, they're talking about things like movie experiences and different storylines with some of their, their games, such as StarCraft and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, you made a good point. I think they're really, they're really sandbagging for 2011. Uh, I'd much rather see them setting things up to really knock it out of the park in 2012. You know, when they come out with a movie, I don't play World of Warcraft or Call of Duty or StarCraft or any of that. I would go to one of those movies in a heartbeat because it, it looks phenomenal. And, and if there's a company that can pull it off, it's, it's Activision.
0: Favorite video game, Charlie?
2: I think my
1: favorite video game of all time would be uh, the Grand Theft Auto series. It's what's what's better than running around uh, stealing police cars and beating up thugs with a bat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really, what what is better, Tom Jacobs?
3: Well, back in Pong? the day, there was this thing, it was called Snake, and the screen was still green and and flashed, you know, green. I Made mean, am like a Dawson. And student. I think I'm going to stop right here, okay?
2: Right. Jason? I was kicking this around with Mac earlier. We're both kind of old schoolers here when it comes to games. Uh, I'm a Kong. big fan of Donkey Kong, and, <laughs> and lucky for me, we actually have a Galaga machine in the game room here, and I give that thing a pretty good workout every day. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Galaga.
0: All right. Jason Moser, Tom Jacobs, Charlie Travers. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks a lot. Thank you, a lot of fun. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Mac Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. And check out Motley Fool Money Radio this weekend. Our guest is Costco CEO Jim Sinegal.